Amen. If you don't speak Creole, I put my trust in God. That's the essence of the song. If you have your Bible, would you please join me in the book of Proverbs? Proverbs chapter 3. Thank you, worship team and the musicians for ushering us into God's presence. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Familiar verses. We're still, we're coming to the conclusion of our um, fall classics series sermons. Um, that um, I think we have one more sermon um, next week on on that, and then after that we're going to move to our new series for um, that's going to give us towards Jesus preparing for Christmas. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, I think most of us know by heart, if you've been in Sunday school for more than two days, that's one of the verses that, that you know. And if you don't know it, um, it's one of the assignments for you this week to learn to memorize those two verses. Amen? I heard one, two people. Let's say it again. For those of you kids, if you don't know this verse, these two verses, learn it. Your, your dad or your mom will give you five bucks. Amen. Amen. If they don't give it to you, say, Pastor Perry says, give you five bucks. Amen. <laughs> if it's two of you, two, two fifty each. Amen. Pastor Perry can give you five bucks. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter three, verses Five and six. Hear now the word of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit, or the other version says, acknowledge him, and it will make your paths straight. This morning, I want to preach from this subject. Don't assume you know it all. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't assume you know it all. Pray with me. Indeed, Father, we don't know it all, but you know it all. So we rest and lean on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Speak to us this morning, for we are listening. We pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brigadier General Charles Helwood Yeager was a United States Air Force officer, flying, it was a flying ace and a record-setting test pilot who, in 1947, became the first pilot in history confirmed to have exceeded the speed of sound and level flight, which means he flew his plane 344 milliseconds um, per hour, which means that's faster than the speed of sound when you're in the air. And what he flew was an F-86 um, Sabre. And one day, he was doing a test pilot. I, I, I don't like putting pictures in PowerPoint, but there you have it. One day, he was flying um, the F-86 um, Sabre 
over the lake, over Lake and Sierras when he decided to buzz a friend's house near the edge of the lake. Doing a wall. You guys go, when you go to 4th of July by the, by the beach, you see those planes was flying over. That's the kind of plane, right? They, they go fast and they do all that stuff. So he decided that he wanted to buzz his friend's house. So doing a slow wall, he suddenly fell, felt his aileron lock, uh, um, slow, the, 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 suddenly felt that. And, and he was a, that, that was a hairy moment. Because flying at 150 feet of the ground upside down. So at any moment, the plane could have gone down because of the Helleran lock that felt. Now, mind you now, he flipped the plane upside down. So then he said a lesser pilot might have panicked. I'm going somewhere. With fatal results. But Jaeger let off on the G's and pushed up the nose and sure enough, the Helleran unlocked, climbing to 1,500 feet higher where it was safer. Jaeger trying to maneuver again to see what happened, but every time that he rolled, the problem reoccurred because the Helleran locked wasn't placed properly. Now, eventually... Uh, um, Jaeger said he knew three or four pilots who have died under similar circumstances. But to date, investigators were not able to find out as to why there was this fatal flaws in the saber. Jaeger went to his superior with a report and the inspector went to work. They found that a bolt on the Helleran cylinder was installed upside down. Now, here is the problem. There was a man, an older man, that was working in one of the North American plant. This man was working on the assembly line, and his job was to put the bolt on the Helleran lock. But guess what? He decided not to follow the instruction in the manual because he refused to look at the manual, he decided to put the lock the wrong way. He put the bolt upside down because he refused to look at the manual. That had killed many pilots simply because of one man's error by not looking at the book. Oh, I wish I'm going, I wish you got what I'm trying to say this morning. Here it is. The book of Proverbs is one of those books that's not theological as your, 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 um, episodes, uh, um, that Paul have written. It's not as theological as Ephesians or Romans, but it's a practical book that God has given Solomon where he can share on how we ought to live our life. That's what the book of Proverbs is called, the book of wisdom. And it's part of wisdom literature, and we see this. Now, the book of Proverbs does something no other books in the Bible does. It gives us a bunch of short story or short instructions on how to live an effective life on earth. Show me somebody who want to live an effective life on earth. I'll show you somebody who got their nose in the Bible. Show me somebody who, who want to live an effective life on earth. I'll show you somebody who read the book of Proverbs. 
I'm telling you, if you have not read the book of Proverbs, it's a book you are to put in your reading list daily. And it's a book you are to read yearly. Now, Proverbs states, um, the intention of the book, it states explicitly in the beginning of the book. And chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But it says, Fool despise wisdom and discipline. The book is about learning how to fear God, and in fearing God, you get wisdom. Now, why Solomon? Solomon is the primary author of the book of Proverbs. When Solomon was about to become king, God says, tell me what you want. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And Solomon said, give me wisdom. And here in this book, Solomon and the other authors, they share about wisdom. Now, in Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon is the one who authored this. We see there is four things in chapter 3, but we're going to focus on the one for, the, um, for this afternoon. In verse 1 through 4, we see that wisdom is rooted in sound teaching. In other words, there can be no wisdom in any mumbo-jumbo you pick up on, on, on the internet. Wisdom is found in sound biblical teaching. In verses 5 and 6, which is our focus for this afternoon, we see that wisdom rests in trusting in God. Confirm? Nadieu, trusting in God. When you trust in God, in verses 5 and 6, we see there's wisdom. Now, I'm not even going to tell you the other one. You can see the other slides if you want. I'll share it to you. But since I'm against the time, watch this. There are four things in the text, in verses 5 and 6, that I want you to see. Here are the four things, and we're going to unpack them. Are you all with me? Four things. We have a charge. We have a caution. We have a counsel. We have a commitment. Four C's. Easy for you to remember. Next, next two slides. Keep, keep it moving. We have, next one. We, we have a charge. We have a caution. We have a counsel. We have a commitment. Let's, let, let's just say a charge. Here it is. In verse, verse, uh, um, five, part, first part. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is not a suggestion. That is not a suggestion. It says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is an exhortation that is a charge given to us. Now, something I want you to notice. It did not say trust just anyone. It gives you specifically whom to trust. It says trust in the Lord. Now, nowadays, people trust anything and everything. But we got to trust in God. Um, this illustration is given and when, when, I, when I saw it and I was like, whoa, when I was doing research, I saw the illustration. There's a father who was on his back porch and with his kid, with his son, and he said to the son, jump, I'll catch you. Jump. And the son didn't want to jump. And jump. And reluctantly, the son jumped and the father let him fall. He fell on the ground, and then when the father picked him up, and he says, this is for you to know not to trust anyone. Now, here's the thing. You may not trust anyone, but I got news for you. You must trust in God. Because if you don't trust in God, you will not go in nowhere. When it says trust in the Lord, it is not a blind trust. 
It is not just religious optimism. It is to trust in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. To trust in God is to trust in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Because here it is. I'm going to get there in a moment. When you trust on someone, trust, you have to ask yourself, upon what am I basing that trust? For me to trust someone, I have to trust them based on who they are. Are you with me? You have to trust them based on who they are. To trust someone, you have to trust on what they have done. Not only that, what they've said, and ultimately their character. Who I'm talking about Jesus right here. Who is Jesus? We all know who Jesus is. He was born of a virgin, never sinned, and, 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 and he came and lived the perfect life on earth. What did he do? He died for you and me. He sure died. He sure died. And on the third day, he got up. And when he got up, all powers were given. It says this, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you'll live forever. I don't know about you, but I don't trust anybody else but Jesus. I'm rolling with Jesus. You know, if I were to be a rapper, my son would have been, I'm rolling with Jesus. Whoa, 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 let's me roll with Jesus. I know people are shaking their heads, but you got my corny jokes. Amen. I'm rolling with Jesus. Because here it is, he sacrificed himself and ultimately character. Character is very simple. Character is you keeping what you say. Now I know <laughs> my kids, two fathers days ago, two fathers, two fathers days, two, fa- two years ago, y'all got what I'm saying. I, 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 I sat down with the kids for Father's Day and I said, have I ever not kept what I've said? And PJ, my oldest, PJ looked and said, well, except one time. I said, one time? There's one time I promised that I would take them to Dunkin' Donut uh, um, to go inside to get the, the, the munchkin. And the line was too long. It was, it was going to school. We did not stop. To, we didn't go in. After school, I bought the munchkin. And my son said, the reason why you fell, you broke the promise, you didn't keep your word, is because you said you were going to take us inside. Even though I brought the munchkin to him later, but he says I didn't bring it inside. And true to words, I did not bring him inside. Therefore, I fell my word. But here's the thing. Whatever Jesus says, whatever Jesus has said, unlike me, who may, may fail on technicalities, but Jesus does not fail on technicalities. Therefore, you can put your trust in Jesus. And here it is. You're not trusting the government. You're not trusting anyone, but you put your trust in Jesus. That's what it says. You got to trust on who he is. You got to trust on what he has done as atoning sacrifice. You got to trust in his word and promise. You got to trust in his character. You must trust in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. That's why we trust on Jesus. Jesus is not just a mere God. That's why it specifically says, trust in the Lord. Uh, now, uh, Pastor Clevo has this sermon that he usually preach on Easter, and he does a roll call, where he calls about all the other gods, and they're all dead somewhere. But this morning, I'm bringing my own kind of thing, similar to what he said, I gotta give him credit, but similar to what he has said many, many years before. Here's the thing, the Jesus Christ of the Mormon, 
He's not the real one. Because he's not, for the moment, he's just the spirit brother of Satan. This is soul damnation. For the Jehovah Witness, Jesus is just an angel. The, Mark, the, the, the archangel Michael and, 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 and not God, but a secondary divine being. For, 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 the, for the Scientology, Jesus is a mere human teacher who realizes potential. In Islam, he's just one of the prophets, su superseded by Muhammad. And, 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 and Baha'ism, he's just one of, one of the more manifestations of God, but not God. But the one Jesus, the one we are to trust with all our hearts must be the Lord Jesus Christ of the Bible if we are to trust in true salvation. The Jesus that I trust is not the one who is mere something. He is God all by himself. After him, there is no other. There will be none and there will be no other after him. That's the one I put my trust into. While other religion give you something, but that's not what, it, that's not what, what we had is the real deal. That's why, um, hear, me, hear me well now. Hear me well. Don't trust on no one else but the God who saves you. I got to move on. The other two points won't be that long. But hear this. The other three won't be that long. Trust in Jesus. Somebody wrote this, wrote this poem. Trust in Jesus when dark doubts assail you. Trust in Jesus when your strength is small. Trust in Jesus when, when too simply to trust in Him. Trust in Jesus when it seems hard, um, when it seems the hardest thing to do. Trust in Him, He is ever faithful. Trust in Him, He is the best, he, His will is the best for you. Trust in Him for the heart of Jesus is the only place to find rest. Not only we have a charge, but we have a caution. What is a caution? A caution is for you to slow down. If you get on simple road, you're about to go uh, 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 um, west, right after 95, there's a caution. Why? One lane is closed because they're working on it. And you have to slow down. If you are texting and driving, you don't pay attention to what's going to happen. You're going to re-enter somebody, make insurance some money. Right? Caution. Here's a caution. First B, uh, um, verse 5B. Do not lean to your own understanding. And here, how can I make this plain so, I, so, so time doesn't kill me? The Bible, when the Bible tells us not to lean on our own understanding, it is not encouraging us to be irrational. Because the Bible does not put up a separation between your intellect and your faith. In fact, the very book of Proverbs encourages us to, to seek understanding. But just hear, hear, me, hear me well here, right? The book of Proverbs says, in Proverbs 2, 2, for instance, it says, incline your heart to understanding. And Proverbs 2, 3 says this, raise your voice to understanding. And Proverbs 2, 11 says this, understanding will guard you. I can go on and on. But see, if we suppose to seek understanding, why must we not lean onto our own understanding? Are you guys with me? You see the dichotomy here? We're supposed to seek it, but we cannot lean on it. Because here it is. Can I make it plain? Make it plain? You lean on what you trust. You lean on what you trust. 
I'm leaning on this pulpit because I know the pulpit's not going to fall. So therefore, if I go lean back, what's going to hold me? Nothing. I cannot trust. But I can lean forward because I can see this and I can lean on it. So you lean on what you trust. So therefore, if you're now going to lean on your own understanding, therefore you're leaning on what you trust. You're trusting yourself. And what did the verse um, A says, uh, um, 5a? Trust in the Lord. It did not say trust in you. I, I, I wish I'm making this plan for you. Because there's a reason why you don't trust in yourself. There's a reason why you do not lean on yourself. Can I give you a few reasons why? Number one, our understanding is always limited. We always have limitation in our understanding. I mean, it's like a kid. A, a kid who can only see what they can see. If you are taller, you cannot see that. There's a pastor who, who gives this illustration. He says this. He was going through a, a revolving, uh, one of those sensory door, but, but for the door to move, you have to have a certain kind of matter of height. And, and he, say, he says this. His daughter, his daughter goes, but she was too short. His daughter goes and the door would not move. But every time that he stepped next to his daughter, the door moves. See, there, the daughter is limited. Her understanding of the door is frustration because every time she stepped in, the door does not open. But when the father stepped in, the door's open. You, you, you guess what I'm going with this? See, we are limited because there are certain doors that need to be opened. We cannot open on our own. But when the father stepped in, so therefore, if he stepped in, the father's right behind you. You can lean back. He got, he got you. We are limited um, because our understanding is limited and, and our, our understanding is defective. Have you ever get in your feelings, somebody say something, or you heard somebody say something about you, and then you reacted without even fully knowing the whole thing, but because you perceive there's something negative about you, and you reacted harshly. But when you found out what exactly was said, you were like, ooh. Because we are faulty human beings. Not only that, our understanding is ours not Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8, it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens, for, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Too many of us at our tender age, we think we know it all. My, my favorite thing for y'all to say is, it's my opinion. I feel, and it's my opinion. Just because it's your opinion, exactly that's what it is. It's your opinion. It is not, I cannot lean on your opinion. And too many of you think because you can lean on your own opinion, that makes you a God. Oh, that's what I think. That's what I feel. Feel all you want. It's your feeling. It fluctuates. But my God remains. I got, I got, I got to move on. I got to move on. We have a charge. We have a caution. And thirdly, we have a counsel. Watch first part of verse six. 
It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Can I, can I make this very simple for you? Most of us would get out of so many troubles. If we had to say, Jesus, what would you have me do on this? What would you have me say? I mean, there are some kids who talk to parents. If the kids would say, Jesus, how would you want me to respond to my mommy and daddy? There are some parents to the kids. God, how would you have me respond to my kids? Sometimes I tell my kids, just give me some space right now. Any parents ever said that? Give me some space. Any, any one of you ever been the recipient of your parents says, get out, so, mash it, whoop. So any, 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 any Asians? And, and what that does is this, that stops you from doing something that you might regret. See, when we now acknowledge God in all that we do, what that says is this, we must see God and everything, we must see everything through God, through Christ. See, the post I put on social media, the text that I sent, the boy or the girl that I talked to, the person I married, the way that I raise my kids, the job that I accept, the kind of friends that I keep, is God, can I see God in, the, in all those decisions? I know we do whatever we want, whatever how we want, but we must, we must see everything to him. And here's the thing, for counsel, you know what counsel does? Counsel gives you the best advice. When you now take the time to ponder, to filter your ideas and your decisions through the word of God, I guarantee you can get in trouble. I guarantee you will not fail because God never fails. And here's the thing, we must disclose everything to him our fears our doubts our failures our sins some of us you know what happened and this is why we can get delivered let me be back to Kosovo for a minute we lie so much to ourselves that we believe the lie to, 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 to take the lie to God that's what happened when you trust in yourself when you lean to your understanding have you ever lied have you ever lied so much to yourself that you tell the lie so often that you even tell God the lie against the truth. See, you got to tell him everything. Disclose everything to him. In other words, let, let him know everything. Not just that. I already mentioned this. You got to place every plan that you have before God. Everything. That's what the counsel. If you do this, you get the counsel. And cast all your cares. Cast all your confidence before him. See, that's what it means when you acknowledge God as your counsel. You're seeing everything in him. You are disclosing everything to him. You're putting your every plan before him. And you're casting your whole confidence in him. Last thing. We have a charge. We have a caution. We have a counsel. Oh, we have a commitment. We have a commitment. Here it is. Verse 6b says this, and it will make your paths straight. 
not anyone else. He, capital H-E, he will make your path straight. The one that you trust, the one that you lean on, the one that you acknowledge, he says he will make your path straight. That's a promise. You, you are to totally live your life before him. He, God, not things. He, God, not them. He, God, not anyone else, not anything else. Promise to act. God himself, God himself promised to act. He says he will, not can or might, not possibly, not probably, but he says he will make, make, not hope, not perhaps, not eventually. No, he said he will make your, not someone else's, your. Now, what you got to do is you got to trust in him. You got to lean on him. You got to acknowledge him. And then these things becomes your benefits. He says your paths, not just this thing, not just a one-time thing, your paths. Can, can, can some of you trace back where God has taken you from? Where you've been? Well, how, you, you know, I was thinking about this to see the faithfulness of God in my life. Have you ever messed up so royally that you think there's no coming back for you? I've done it. But God still make my path straight. Why? Because I trust in him, I confess in him, and I go through him. When I tried to do it on my own, he couldn't do it for me. I got news for you this morning. I got news for you this morning. He will make your path straight. And this straight is not some kind of a, a, a cryptic saying that's out there in the air. No, your path. God has a plan for your life, and if you allow him, he will make it happen for you. Have you ever noticed as to why certain things don't happen? It's because it's not God's desire for you. God keeps his promise. The good old song says, God is able to do just what he says he will do. He's going to fulfill Every promise to you, don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. Why? Because he's able. God is able. Have you wondered? Have you trusted in him? Have you take his counsel? And, and if, if I can talk to this generation, if I can talk to this generation, the problem is you take your own counsel. You take your friend's counsel. <laughs> Let me tell you what my dad used to, used to tell me. Your friends are as dumb as you because if they were smart, they would make the same mistake that you make. Because guess what? They don't know. Whatever you don't know, they don't know it either. You're 16, nobody can tell you nothing. You're 17, nobody can tell you. You're 21, now you would know. No, you, no, you don't. What do you know? Live a few days and see what happens. When I was younger, man, I thought nobody could tell me nothing. Now I'm getting older, I realize I need wisdom. 
My, my, my parents' words now means more to me than probably when then, when they used to tell me. Because now I realize the wisdom that's in their word. That's why when you now taking all those junk and you put into your mind and then you no longer filter your decision, you no longer make it happen through Christ, you now try to do it on your own through what you've got, through the garbage that you've been listening to. People tell you, don't do this, do this, do this. It's like, no, here it is. Here it is right here in the text. It says, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart not some of your heart but with all your heart and do not lean to your understanding I said this to the young people on Wednesday to to, to some of the young adults that was here in Bible study I don't trust myself I don't trust myself I trust in God If I trust myself, that means I can make it happen on my own. I trust in God. This morning, here's my question for you. Who do you trust in? What's their resume? Because here's the thing. Trusting in God does not guarantee you won't have trouble. I'm going to close with this illustration. Um, Louisa uh, um, Stead um, she wrote the hymns that we're going to sing at the conclusion. Um, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Her story is one you would say, oh my gosh. From her childhood, it's written, she had a call to missionary service. And that's what motiv- motivated her. She was born in England, but she gave her life to Christ when she was nine years old. So she came to the United States in 1871. She was living in Cincinnati. She did a camp meeting in Urbana, Ohio, where she dedicated her life to missionary services. Sickness prevented her from serving initially. In 1875, she married and her and her husband had one daughter named Lily. And and the story goes, one time they decided to go to Long Island in New York to go to the beach. And when their daughter was four years old, Lily was four, they went to Long Island to the beach. While eating their picnic lunch, they suddenly heard the cry of help and spotted a drowning boy in the sea. Her husband rushed in the water and charged in the water. And as it often happens, however, the struggling boy pulled his rescuer underwater with him. And both the boy and Mr. Steed drowned before the eyes of the daughter, four-year-old daughter, and the wife. Now, Mrs. Steed, she She had so many whys she wanted to ask God. She struggled during the days to come. As she was mourning, she struggled. So was trouble. And then those words came out of her mouth and she put them to paper. She said, tis 
so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his words, just to rest upon his promise, and to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him, all in all, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, all for grace to trust him more. Now, here's the thing. We're living in a time where people are dying, things are changing, and people are shifting, people are going everywhere, people are living the faith, but here's what I'm telling you. Where can you go to find comfort but in Christ? No one else. No one else can satisfy. No one else. If you don't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're just wasting your time. So we have a charge. We have a caution. We have a counsel. We have a commitment. Do not put the bolt upside down because you didn't read the manual. You have the manual. You have the Bible. Would you please, and I plead and beg of you, would you put your trust in God wholeheartedly through Christ Jesus? Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, in everything you do, put God first. In everything you do, in everything you've been told, weigh it on the scale of what the Bible says. If it doesn't weigh enough, drop it. Because our God is committed to us. He'll surely get us there. Would you bow and join me in prayer? Father, we don't assume to know everything. But we stand in the God who is everything. So this morning, this afternoon rather, would you allow us to lean on you, to trust you wholeheartedly? There are some of us who may have been struggling with trusting ourselves, but we know that we will deceive ourselves. So Lord, give us the strength to acknowledge you in all that we do. And knowing that for sure, you will stand by your promise. You will make our paths straight. Would you make the path of our hearts straight this afternoon? Would you make the paths of our pains straight this afternoon? Would you make the paths of our hurts, worries, angst? Not because of us, but simply because we trust in Jesus. Indeed, it is sweet to trust in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.